Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome and, of course, amazing episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Today, we're actually going to be taking on some famous Reddit questions. Uh, And uh, I think they're Carson's favorites, too. They are. And, Brandon, I picked this one because you're going to the Philippines tonight. I think this episode is getting released today, so same-day episode. And uh, Brandon's going to the Philippines tonight, and I wanted him to be in a nice, good mood. Uh, I think he's feeling a little under the weather lately. So I want to bring a smile to his face because I know he likes doing these Reddit questions. Absolutely. I love these Reddit questions. They're always so much fun. Uh, But before we get started on the Reddit questions, I wanted to address something because I know a few of our listeners reached out to me already. Um, If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram or on social media whatsoever, or if you are in any of the sale groups uh, for airplanes on social media, you might have seen that I did something that some would consider never to have ever happened. I put my beloved Icon A5 for sale on all of the Facebook marketplaces. Uh, so today or yesterday or the day before, whenever I did it was, uh, was the day I, I finally pulled the trigger on that. Uh, the reason why I did it, I just don't fly it enough. Uh, I dropped it off to Rich for annual because the annual ended, uh, I guess it ends today <laughs> or yesterday rather midnight. Uh, but I dropped it off to Rich earlier this week and uh, I looked at how many hours I flew that thing. And I only flew it like 20 hours last year, 25 hours. And the problem is besides just flying it only 25 hours, I think I spent like $35,000 uh, on it. And that was just outrageous for something I don't use. I mean, it's I could fly a jet for that price, Carson. Unfortunately, I don't have money to buy a jet. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe I would. So yeah, I, I put the icon for sale. And uh, unfortunately, um, it's up now. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't expect it to sell very fast because it's not a high demand aircraft. And uh, it is an amphibious seaplane. So we'll see what happens. I'm not sure. I expect it to take uh, probably a couple weeks uh, to sell uh, rather than the normal, hey, 24, 48 hours and it's gone like I normally do. So just wanted to tell everybody about that. It's a sad day, but at least you got another flight in it. And, uh, you know, before it went into its annual. I'll get a few more flights in it too, I think. Um, Especially when I have to go take somebody flying in it for a test flight, of course. Uh, And then I took it out in the water the other day and I was splashing around the in the ocean, which was kind of fun. The water's been really nice in the morning here in, in Long Beach area. So I got to go do that a few more times before they, before it disappears. Yeah. Well, for anyone that's looking for an icon, uh, this one's all fixed up. Just had about 35 grand in maintenance put into it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. So let's get into it. The first question I found and Brian, I figured you as a CFI would be the best one to answer it. My student pilot buzzed his friend's house on a solo cross country. What now? So I sent a student on a solo cross country the other day. According to him, all went well. We had done the same flight the day before. He had mentioned his friend lived in the house that we had passed. And I decided to look on FlightAware to see his course after he returned. And he was using 3,000 as his cruising altitude. And he descended to about 400 feet AGL in the location of his friend's house. What do I do from here? He made no mention of descending, which makes me think he's likely doing more dumb stuff while he's flying. And technically, he violated 91.119 by being less than 500 feet from people. Uh, yeah, your friend is is an idiot. Uh, or your student's an idiot. They shouldn't have been doing that. I think you need to go retrain him uh, or her and uh, go tell them how. Well, this sounds like a guy thing to do. I mean, 
women are typically much smarter and don't do stupid things like this. So I'm guessing it was a guy. Um, <laughs> oh, you said his friend. Okay. It was a guy. See, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you need to, uh, you need to go have a serious conversation with them about this. And, uh, and I would play stupid for a few minutes, see if you catch them on a lie. And then if you do, then I would have a two, twofold conversation. Be like, Hey, I'm trusting you to fly my hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollar aircraft, and why do you think it's appropriate to take this this very expensive training tool and uh, and go screw around uh, and and be an idiot? I mean, honestly, that's exactly what I would say. Uh, I would explain that to him very clearly, and uh, and then if he if he tries to backpedal and doesn't apologize or something like that, I would uh, I would suspend him from flying for a little bit, and. If that doesn't do anything, then cut them off completely. And if you lose them as a student, then you lose them as a student. It is what it is. And now, if if he totally just accepts what he did and just says, "Hey, I did it," um, that's one thing. Then then just have a have a serious conversation. Be like, "Hey, you can't be messing around with my with my hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollar airplane. That's not okay." Um, the fact that he violated ninety one one nineteen, I highly doubt he did. Um, when you look at FlightAware and when you look at these these websites, they're off by 100 or 300 feet all the time. So the odds of him actually breaking that 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 rule, I, I highly doubt it happened. So if he did break that and the FAA caught him, what would happen to the CFI? Nothing. Nothing? CFI wasn't in the airplane. Okay. What about to the student pilot? The FAA might say something to him. Be like, hey, why aren't you monitoring your students closer? And he could say, well, I didn't know that the FAA... Uh, approves me watching my student on flight aware. I didn't know that's an FAA approved uh, method of, of viewing students progress. And that would shut them up pretty quickly. <laughs> so the fact that that happened, the only thing that would happen is the student would get in trouble and the CFI would be told to do some more training for the student, not do some more training for them as a CFI. Unless they like took, for some reason, they just stood up and was like, oh yeah, it was definitely my fault. I didn't train them on this regulation prior to flying and and they didn't know, like, if you're that stupid and you say that type of stuff, yeah, maybe you need a 4-9 ride. Yeah, best way to deal with everything is just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, call an attorney, keep your mouth shut. All the normal things in life, right? If you get <laughs> you get pulled over, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> like, all the things, right? It's the same stuff. The FAA is a law enforcement agency. Yeah, well, kind of. They're actually not a law enforcement agency, if you want to get technical. But they try to enforce the regulation. Yeah, about as scary as a law enforcement agency when you mess something up. I think they're more scary than a law enforcement agency in some some fashion, but they cannot arrest you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they can only really yell at you. Like, they can't even detain you. <laughs> like, if you if you get ramp checked and be like, hey, I'm ramp checking you right now, I'll be like, no, you're not. You can set an appointment to ramp check me. <laughs> That's what I would tell them, by the way. <laughs> No offense all to all my FAA friends, but I mean, you guys know the rules. I mean, we're just educating. People. Sounds like a sovereign citizen kind of answer. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> now, if, if, if I didn't have much to do and I'm just hanging out, of course, I'm going to comply with their ramp check and I'm going to do all the things they're asking me to do because I want to be a good steward of aviation and, and be a good pilot. But to be honest, if I'm rushing to get to a meeting and you're going to cause me to be late and I'm going to lose on a big deal, because you just want to ramp check me right now without giving me prior notice. No, that's not going to happen. I am going to go to my meeting and we are going to set this up for a later time. And if that's not uh, amicable to you, then, uh, then a lawsuit will be uh, in the FAA's hands by the end of the day for any lost potential lost revenue for my business transactions. 
uh, and they don't want that either. So, I mean, as you can see, Carson, today I'm a little bit more feisty. You are. And I, you totally uh, set I was, yourself up to get ramp checked in the future. <laughs> I am. I am. And, and I'm okay with getting ramp checked, by the way. Well, you always have your stuff. I mean, you, you train that. You train that into me really well. You're like, always have your documents. I think one time you even took the document out and said, you good to go? And I was like, yeah, we're good to I go. I did. I was, like, I was like, what would you like to see, sir? Here you go. Actually, that, that did happen with Border Patrol one day. Border Patrol was getting trained, and uh, FAA guys who I knew, uh, they, they were like, hey, Brandon, can I, can I just check out your documents real quick? I said, so you're ramp checking me on the spot while I was just, well, I was just pre-flighting an airplane for something I'm doing in an hour and a half. I said, sure, ramp check me. <laughs> I just handed the documents, but we all got a chuckle out of it. I said, yeah, use me as your guinea pig. I don't care. Uh, and then I just hoped and prayed that no one pulled the documents out of the airplane. Uh, not that I was flying for another hour and a half, so it didn't really matter, but it was just like, yeah. I better have these documents in the airplane right now. <laughs> now you got plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. Yes, exactly. All right, so the next question we're going to take on, we're going to get away from this ramp check. I don't even know who we got to ramp checks from flying to 400 feet. Uh, I guess it's breaking a regulation, so I guess that makes sense. All right, next question. Is it possible for a student pilot to bring a passenger if the CFI is present? All right. It is possible if the CFI allows it, if the school allows it, if your syllabus allows it. So if everyone's okay with it, yes. Um, it also depends on what you're going to be doing that day, but I'm just going to tell you right now that flight is not going to really have any training at all. And you're going to be more focused on your friend. It can take away from your, your focus in the education. And I would really just wait until you have your private pilot license. That's my personal opinion, but Brandon might, you might have a different one. I do. I have a different opinion on this, and it's really a convoluted one, to be honest. There's nothing that says you can bring a passenger with you, nothing saying you can't, really. But the problem is, now this person is a passenger. So the person's a passenger on a flight which you are paying for. Now, does that passenger need to pay their pro rata share in that circumstance? Does the CFI need to pay their pro rata share in that circumstance? So the question comes down to it. What qualifies somebody as a passenger and doing a flight as a passenger? Uh, and when do they need to pay for that flight as a passenger? To be honest, I was just having this debate with somebody the other day, and, and my perspective used to be that, yeah, it's no problem whatsoever. Actually, I was doing this with Richard the other day because somebody was talking to me about doing a demonstration flight, a demo flight, over 25 nautical miles for flight instruction purposes, and I proved that that was legal and okay to do. Um, now, if you land somewhere, then everybody in the aircraft needs to have a, a TSA endorsement uh, for the first flight, by the way. Second flight, everybody has to have a TSA endorsement, uh, no matter what, if they're, in the, if they're flying the airplane. Uh, but I was having this conversation with Richard, and I was talking about how new CFIs want to always like make sure that they're following the rules, which is great. But when the rules have already been established and they're, they're complicated rules, and now you have to go in and you have to explain these to every single new CFI. It's like re-explaining all the regulations to somebody when they've been taught wrong or something like that. And I just got so frustrated by it. Uh, so I was talking to Richard about that. And then I, I brought on, I was like, all these CFIs thinks it's, thinks it's okay to bring a, a passenger with them. And I, I honestly, I'm not sure if you can or not. I think that, I don't know if anybody's necessarily going to get in trouble for doing it. But I would actually err on the side of caution on this one and say, no, it might be illegal unless that person's paying their pro rata share of the aircraft. 
And then if that person's paying their pro rata share of the aircraft, does the CFI need to pay their pro rata share of the aircraft? And that's the part I don't know. I would have to really dig into the regulations to figure that out. Well, I don't think you would have to pay your pro rata share as a passenger if you're not receiving instruction. Right, because one pilot yeah, allowed so to be on the whole thing of the airplane. Of the airplane. Yeah, and then you've hired a pilot to fly with you, and that actually you're not hiring a pilot because they don't have to have a third class medical. You're hiring a flight instructor in that airplane, not a pilot. So if you were hiring a pilot to fly, then that would work. But then the CFI would be considered holding out because they are available to be hired at any time by that individual or by other individuals from a centralized location. So technically they would be holding out if they were if they were being hired as a pilot. So they're actually being hired as a flight instructor, which is not a pilot. So if you're not a pilot or a passenger, wouldn't you, or not a pilot, but you are a passenger because now they are a passenger, but they're providing flight instruction as a passenger, but they're also PIC, so they're now also a pilot. Hey, Brian, do you have a FARM with you? Uh, I mean, I could look up. No, I, I want you. Do you have a FARM with you anywhere, anywhere at all? Yeah, I could look that up. Cool. So, what I want you to do is not get the Wi Fi on your flight to the Philippines and take that FARM with you and just figure it out. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to be able to tell the FA what they're ruling. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that confused enough people on this podcast right now with the. Uh, no, but you definitely diagnosed yourself with ADHD there. I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> when you become a, a CFI, these are things that you start debating because the regular regulations are very cut and dry. And then you start debating stuff like this. And this one's a really complicated one. So I'm really, you know what? I might even send a letter to the FAA and try to get a response back to find out what the actual rule is. And by the way, if there's anybody on here who has a letter like that or who can take my crazy mind that I just like babbled out a bunch of regulations and you can actually like, make sense of all of that. Uh, and you could tell me why I'm right or I'm wrong or, or indifferent. I would love to know. So please, if you are a flight instructor or your flight instructors tackled this, please let me know. Because what Carson said in the beginning of all of this was correct, by the way. And it was like, does it, it, it matters if your, if your CFI allows it, if you allow it, or if your school will allow it. Those are kind of the main things, but there's a whole nother person like the FAA. I wonder if the FAA allows it. But nonetheless, let's just say it is legal for a second. Carson was right again, like I said. Wow, I've said it twice in like one sentence. Wow. I, I want that on the soundboard. You are so lucky that it's recorded, Carson. <laughs> you get to hear this. And Mark's now clapping. He's going to put that on the soundboard. You were right, Carson. I just gave it to you just so it's perfectly good for Mark now. Oh, that was a great gift. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so I might ask for that that letter of interpretation, and we'll we'll see what happens. But the last thing I wanted to talk about, I almost forgot, was if if everyone does allow it, and you bring somebody with you, Carson was right about it. Look, I said that four times now. Wow, it's going too much now. If you do bring a passenger with you, they're going to be distracting. You're going to be thinking about them. You're going to be wondering if you are screwing up at all. You're going to be wondering all these things in the back of your head. And your training lesson is going to be a waste of time. So if you just want to go up and go have fun and you want to go screw around and you don't want to. And you're willing to pay for it. And you're willing to pay for it. Yeah, you're going to pay like two, three, four hundred dollars to to show your friend that you are almost a pilot. Um, then, yeah, go do it. But you're not even a pilot yet. Like, go get your pilot certificate. Like, go pass the test and then go bring your friend. 
And then you'll save like 80 bucks an hour for the instructor because they won't have to be there. You can do it yourself. Exactly. And then you can prove like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I am a pilot. Official pilot right here. There you go. I think we got very deep in that topic. We should get a letter of interpretation on it. Anything possible. We'll go on to the next question, which I hope is easier and doesn't have to do with the regulation. So the question is, is it true that 80% of student pilots drop out from training and never earn their private pilot certificate? Been reading a lot of articles saying that most people drop out, approximately 80% that start mainly due to high training cost. You want the quick answer or the short answer? The quick answer or the short answer? Those should be the same, right? I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Quick and short, that would be the same. Look, I'm all over the place. I'm like, I'm, I'm still on my Celsius today and like I already had some coffee earlier and I just had a protein shake. I'm like ready to go. I was not feeling well yesterday at all and I got enough sleep and I'm feeling great today. Good. So it's not true that 80% of students fail out. It's true that 80% of students fail who are not in a program, who are just doing this just for fun and like as a hobby. But if you want to do this for real and you want to actually become a pilot and like you, you have a, a career mindset, oh, it's kind of inverted. It's more like 80 to 90% get through it, not 80% fail. Now, if you do go to a mom and pop little flight school, yeah, 80% of people fail out. And it's not because they fail because they suck. It's, it's they fail because they don't study. They fail because they don't make it a priority and they fail because they uh, don't actually want this. Like they're just doing it to either satisfy somebody else or they're just not serious yet. I mean, it's that simple. So be serious about it and you're not going to fail out. So long story long, short story short, however you want to put it, you know what you can do, Carson? You can always go around. And that's not just if you're blanding and it's terrible. That's also you if always go around. You can always go around. That's also if you're feeling like you could, uh, you're, you, you want to quit and you want to restart. You can always just go around, come back around for another pass and pass that private pilot certificate. Well, it's perfect you say that. Read the next question. Okay, the next question. Oh, look at that. Nice segue, Carson. I can't believe this. You did pretty good with this script today. You know, every once in a while. Well, Mark's got another sound bite. Wow. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is going to be the most uh, normal-sounding podcast we've ever done. It's going to be fantastic. So everybody let us know if you like it or not. Actually, this sounds like me and Carson on a normal daily basis, by the way. Not just extra scripted just bsing all day yes yeah, i mean that's all it is bsing and laughing like just constantly so all right is it normal for a student pilot to lose motivation and here's the question bum, bum, bum. hey everyone i'm currently a student pilot working on my ppl i'm over a month into my course and i feel like i'm losing motivation because i can't get certain maneuvers right especially my landings and my instructor sometimes gets frustrated and yells at me or makes comments saying, if I don't get it right, you'll kill both of us. And if I do something right, he gets all hyped up. Days before my flight lesson, I study a lot, but the actual day of flying, I feel unmotivated. Oh my God, Carson. I have so much to say about this. You have no idea. I do too. I knew you'd have a lot to say about it, uh, especially because you're an instructor. So my first thought, so I was going to break it down. Screw this instructor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that's that's just not a good instructor. But let me quell your fears first. You can't get certain maneuvers right, especially your landings a month in. Even if you're flying every day, that's not going to happen a month in. I, I've seen maybe one student do it in a month like that, but you're not going to be perfect after a month. There's just, there's not enough time. It's still the brand new skill. And I've always said, you know, learning to fly, especially your first few hours, uh, is like learning a new language. You have no idea what's going on. You're just trying to get a 
get used to the sensation of flying and what you're looking at. In the instructor part of the whole thing, your instructor should never get frustrated with you and yell, if you don't do this right, you're going to kill us both. That's just, that's a great way to scare someone off from flying as they're losing motivation. You can see that, but there's no place for that, especially for that kind of talk. And as an instructor, if you're saying those kind of things, um, you need to look at yourself a little bit better because that's not going to be motivational. That's not constructive criticism. That's just scaring a student and not someone that's new enough to understand that. You know, if they're trying to pull the flaps up on a go around, as you can always go around, maybe 10 feet above the runway, then you can explain, hey, that's not safe. This is why we don't do that. But you shouldn't be saying, if you don't do this right, you're going to kill us both. And my best recommendation is to get a different instructor or a different school if they're if they're allowing that kind of behavior. Uh, I would talk to you know the flight school manager or even the flight school owner, someone about that, because that's, that's not good behavior. It's horrible behavior, Carson. And that CFI, I would say fire them immediately. But that's just me coming off as a feisty mood today. Uh, you know me. I'm the, I come off as the one that just doesn't take anything, but I'm like the softest one. Like I hate firing anybody. So I would go have a serious conversation with that flight instructor personally. And then I would also go bring it up to your chief instructor or the owner, whoever it may be, depending on your flight school. And then tell them you want to switch instructors immediately. Uh, after you after you make that conversation known to the, the chief instructor, whoever it is, and it, it's never going to be the same in that cockpit with that instructor ever again. So there's no flying with them anymore. You need to get rid of them. So to the first point, the month in, I don't know how many hours you're in, but if you're at 30 hours in a month, which is plausible, you, there's a possibility you could be there. I know Carson said most people, it doesn't matter how much you fly, but I mean, the more you fly and if you're staying consistent, you're not just flying like five hours in a day and then taking off a week and then 10 hours, whatever it is. If you're actually flying and getting through through all of your stuff in like a timely manner over a month, there's a possibility your landings could be solid. Uh, there's also a possibility that they could be absolute trash, uh, depending on how much you Especially fly. Especially if you have an instructor like this. Yeah. And you have a terrible instructor. You have one who stresses you out, and that's not what you should be doing in the cockpit. You need to de-stress your life. Honestly, Carson, you've, you've flown with me several times. How do I sound when I'm talking, when I'm talking about a, a landing or like a stressful situation? What do I sound like? You are completely serious. Uh, there's no BSing like we do. You know, you guys hear us BS in the podcast and, and mess around back and forth. And Brand's like, oh, finally, Carson does it right. Now, he's completely serious. He said, that was good. Here's what you need to improve on. Or that wasn't a great landing. Here's what you did wrong. Here's what you're going to do on the next lap. It, it's completely serious. There's, there's no stress. And when you do something right, of course, he's going to be like, that was crazy. That was awesome. That was butter. But th- there's no yelling at me. There's not even a, an angry tone if I just slam and go. When I'm flying and I'm flying with somebody new, I talk in monotone. I actually change the tone of my voice to a total monotone voice. Be like, all right, this next landing, we're going to go ahead and put in the flaps to, to 10 degrees at this point. After you're done with that, I want you to decrease your power to 1700 RPM and start a slow descent to 500 feet per minute. And then I wait, I let them do it. And then I said, okay, now we're 45 degrees off the runway. Start making your 90 degree turn and make sure that it is squared to final. All right, we're over our next point. We know that we're about to turn and we're about to get onto final. Go ahead and start that turn now. And literally that sounds like monotone for me, right? I mean, it's very like D to D, this is what we're doing. But that's how it is in a cockpit. Honestly, 
I'm not saying every instructor needs to be like me in that in that fashion. Like everyone has their own personality and especially on the way they teach. But that's how I teach. I teach in monotone because there's no stress whatsoever. I mean, I could have a problem turning back on an engine. I'd be like, okay, so our left engine's not starting again. Okay, what are the solutions here? Well, one, we can go back to the airport. We know that we're not losing any altitude. We're flying aloft. Let's start flying there just in case. Next, let's go ahead and start, start trying to unfeather that propeller. And let's go through our checklist and see what we need to do. All whilst going to the airport, which is closest to us, to make a semi-emergency landing if needed. No big deal, right? And literally, that's how I talk. That is so funny. When we had that that problem in the Duchess um, with the left engine, whatever it was doing, uh, I think it just wasn't starting back up. And we're, we were in there with Victor. And I was just, I was a passenger in the back. Um, and we're just transporting the Duchess. And, and you were flying with Victor. Uh, and you said... You said those exact words uh, in that same monotone voice, even when we're all, you know, joking around because um, we're all just flying. And then it happened and you went completely monotone and, and walked everyone through it. That was that's the way you need to do it. it. It takes the emotion out of it and it definitely takes the stress out of it. I've been more stressed with other CFIs uh, when we're buddy buddy flying than with Brandon. Exactly. I mean, that's just kind of how it how it goes. So cool. Well, with that being said, I think you get the point. Um, we should de-stress the cockpit. We should uh, talk with uh, with a little bit more monotone if needed uh, in, in the cockpit. You need to get away from people that say, if you do that again, you're going to kill us. Like, that's not the right speak in a cockpit. Now, that might be correct, by the way, but I'll tell you this. I have never, ever flown with a student and thought they were going to kill me. I can wholeheartedly say that. I don't even understand when CFIs say, this student tried to kill me or something like that, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. I have never had a student try to kill me. I have never let a student get me into a position where I felt unsafe, ever, never. I don't even understand how that would even happen, to be honest, unless that flight instructor is so insecure with their flying abilities in which they don't know how to fly. And that means that they don't know how to correct what that student does. I can tell you this, anything a student does in an airplane, I can correct. And if there's something they are going to do that I cannot correct, I will take the aircraft before that because that is my line. I don't let students cross the line that I have. Now, I will let students get very far. I will let them put us into a spin. I will let them porpoise us. I will let them do all sorts of things. But if they porpoise us over the runway and now we're losing airspeed at an astronomical rate and they're trying to put our flaps up all at the same time, I'm going to take the airplane from them. But that's about the only time that... I wouldn't be able to correct something if they're that close to the ground and they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. But since we've already had the conversation of my controls and what it means if a flight instructor says that, um, it means they let go of everything. And I show them with hand movements that they and, and feet movements that they let go of everything. Then it's it gets solved that way. <laughs> uh, in my passionate, uh, actually, I think we do more of these Reddit questions, Carson. I think I, they're like my favorite thing to do. I know. I mean, hear your tone from the start of the podcast to the end of it. You just got more excited as you got more feisty. Exactly. Cool. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, these, are, these are pretty fun for us to go and pick out. And, you know, we usually get them from r slash flying or r slash aviation. So if you guys like them, go post something on there and we'll find it. <laughs> we, like, we like looking through them. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, uh, you can reach us at our emails, brandonandaviationmentors.com, 
Carson at AviationMentors.com or for our producer, Mark, it's ProducerAviationMentors.com. Also, don't forget to hit that like, follow, stream, subscribe, all the things, because it really helps us out a ton. Uh, I know we've been doing some social media stuff on uh, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Please share those. I know there's several of you that have been lately, and we really, really, really appreciate it. And uh, a shout out also to my friend who uh, who commented on my icon uh, thing saying he was uh, binging uh, all of our episodes. That was so awesome to see, and I really appreciate you uh, appreciating the podcast. So thank you so much for that. And uh, like I said, please like and subscribe to everything. It's really help, uh, It helps us grow uh, the podcast and helps our growth for aviation. So thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening to everybody. And as wrap up for the day, remember here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.